You're listening to TGP Extra. 29 and 28. Remanded in custody. There's something curious about this broadcast. Hello everybody and welcome to TGB Extra for our annual delve into the global phenomenon that is the Eurovision Song Contest. The Eurovision Song Contest features artists from across Europe, Australia and some of the biggest names on its stage through the years include ABBA, Celine Dion, Olivia Newton-John, Julio Iglesias, Cliff Richard and famous recent artists include... Conchita Verst, both Manzemelo and Laureen from Sweden. They have been huge right across Europe. Once again, joining me from across the pond is my TGP nominal co-host and Eurovision fan, John Berger. Well, hello, Europe. This is America. We give our 12 points to America because we're awesome. You know, hell with it. We're going to give all our points to America because we're awesome. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So how you doing? (laughs) Uh, I'm doing okay. Just getting ready for another year. It's going to be a bit bizarre, I think, this year. Uh, If that's the word you want to (laughs) choose. That's the beauty of uh, Eurovision, because you never know what you're going to get. It's it's kind of a Forrest Gump moment, to be honest. Yeah, but let's face it. The past two years were no 2016. This is true. 2016 was amazing. So many different genres and so many good songs, genuinely good songs. Last year and this year... Not so much. There are some ones that stand out more than others. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's the odd one or two that I have been humming a lot, I must admit. No, there there are definitely a couple of earworms on this one. Mm -hmm. But it's just... What is it with Eurovision that they love dance pop? I don't... Am I just old? (laughs) It's been like that for a little while now. It got to sort of the end of the 90s and it started to kick in that way. It just seems like so many songs lately kind of... can't really differentiate them and and that's the part that i find that's why i love 2016 because my god we had funk we had uh metal we had rock we had 80s garage band kind of rock we had disco it was 2016 was awesome i still have songs like i I create a cd for my car Mm -hmm. and whenever i do long distance traveling that's the mix of music that i listen to it's this year's cd still has three songs from eurovision 2016 on it (laughs) hey if you like it why not i mean there has been some eurovision classics over the years and one of the irish guys who won eurovision twice and he then went into production and he's written a couple of winners for eurovision as well whoa nice Uh, a guy called johnny logan and uh he was a or still is a master at writing this kind Kind of stuff, and he, he, he's still involved with Eurovision. I mean, we, we used to take it very seriously in the UK, and then there was a little bit of a, a spell of, yeah, we're not taking this seriously anymore. Whether it was because the BBC didn't want to fund hosting it, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it, it just went a bit dry for a while. And I think over the last two or three years, we're getting back on our feet again, and uh, it's it's nice to see. So this is the 63rd Eurovision Song Contest and it takes place in Lisbon in Portugal after Salvador Sobral won in 2017 with a record-breaking 758 points for the the song Amar Pelos Dois. 
the place that it's going to be hosted this year is called the Altice or Altis Arena. There are going to be 43 participants this year. The first semi-final is going to be on the 8th of May. There are 19 participants in that and the first 10 songs will go through to the grand final. The second semi-final is on the 10th of May and 18 participants will take part in that and once again the, the first 10 will go through. The grand final is on the 12th of May with 26 participants and obviously you've got the big six or the big five plus Portugal being the host so you've got Germany, Spain, France, Italy and United Kingdom now these are as we say every year the countries that have made the most financial contributions to the EBU over the years the EBU is the European Broadcasting Union why we've paid more than anybody else is because <laughs> we've been in it every year since 1956 okay <laughs> That's a reason. So some of the other countries that were there at the beginning haven't been in every single year. Some of them have dropped out because it costs a bit to get involved in these events and, and whatnot. So some of some of them pull out. But yeah, the top five or the big five are the countries that have been in it probably longer than anybody else. So therefore, they automatically go through to the finals. The whole events take place at 9 p.m. Central European time or 8 p.m. British summer time and strangely 5 a.m. on the Sunday morning in Australia. <laughs> Ew. Ooh, well. <laughs> It's 12 points to... 12 points go to... Ukraine! Denmark! Sweden! Portugal! We are all heroes! And we are unstoppable!
The EBU member broadcasters on behalf of their countries had until mid-September 2017 to formally submit their applications to take part in Eurovision 2018. The final list of participating countries was revealed on November 17th, 2017, but was modified 10 days later with the addition of Macedonia. Now, the reason for this was Macedonia's broadcaster, MRT, owed over €500,000 in fees to the EBU, which was very, Hmm. very quickly rectified. (laughs) Yes. Uh, If you remember, Romania had to pull out one year because they hadn't paid their fees and Mm -hmm. the, the artist was left pretty high and dry, if you remember. Yeah, it wasn't a, a good thing, but there's nothing they can do if they owe money and they weren't prepared to to pay what they owed. Then they had to pull out of the competition. That's fair. The Altice Arena has a capacity of twenty thousand people, and it is one of the largest indoor arenas in the EU. The arena is placed very central in Lisbon with a very well branched infrastructure, and the arena has hosted several big events including the world basketball championships the 2005 mtv europe music awards and concerts featuring justin bieber adele lady gaga britney spears and kylie minogue and the stage has been designed by florian vida and is inspired by the hull of a ship and reflects Portugal's history and culture because Portugal has got a very proud culture of working with the sea and fishing and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff so it's trying to bring that part of their culture to the show. The 2018 contest carries a milestone with it. Since the contest started back in 1956 there have been 1500 songs entered into the competition. Now, before the draw for the running list, we already knew that the first song in semi-final two would be entry number 1500, but it was just a case of finding out who had the luck of the draw of performing that song. So the first song of semi-final two and performing song number 1500 will be Alexander Ryback from Norway. In 2016, in semi-final one, Freddie from Hungary became the 14th hundredth act at Eurovision with a song called Pioneer. A million hearts of a million people Be proud you were born to be real A million lies in a million temples It's only fear and in 2006 ireland's brian kennedy became the thousandth act to sing on the stage at eurovision with a song called every song is a cry for love Song is a cry for love. Sing it out. Every song is a cry. 
Every song is a cry for love. Now this leads us nicely onto the fact that 2018 sees a couple of familiar faces, including one who is very well known in the UK audiences called Sara Olto, who's from Finland. And she was the runner-up in Simon Cowell's X Factor in, in 2016. And she is now a judge on the Finnish version of X Factor and was the voice of Princess Anna in the Finnish version of Disney's Frozen, which is kind of cool. Now, you might remember Yulia Samalova from Russia. Now, she's re- looking to uh, represent Russia in 2018 uh, with her entry, I Won't Break. For her, representing her country at Eurovision is a dream that had to be put on hold for a year after Russia withdrew from the 2017 Eurovision Song Contest in Kiev after she was refused a visa to perform due to political issues between Russia and Ukraine. Talking about missing out on participating in 2017, Julia said that the worst part was the long wait. I had huge support in Russia and I was bombarded with lots of musical career offers, so I couldn't say I stayed disheartened for too long or too much. The Russian broadcasters made a public announcement during the incident saying that if I was banned from competing in Kiev, they would enter me into Eurovision next year. So... I was officially the first participant announced for the Lisbon event. Yeah, that was quite sad last year. I don't know if you remember. I do, I do. And yeah, I think she was kind of, uh, you know, a pawn in this this game that was going on. Mm-hmm. Since then, apparently the EBU have now changed the rules so that this kind of thing wouldn't happen again. So, you know, basically keep politics out of the competition. Good. As we always focus on who is ever is hosting the three shows, being the semi-finals and the, the grand finale, it has fallen upon an all-female team to welcome Europe into Eurovision this year in, in Lisbon, and it's a quite a formidable force actually. The the team that's actually taken on the the role. The first being Philomena Cortella. She's been a television presenter for various channels since 2004. And she also was the spokesperson for Portugal at the Eurovision Song Contest in Kiev. Now, the spokesperson is the person who actually reads out the marks for their country. They call them spokespersons. Uh, Next up, you've got Silvia Alberto. Now, she's been a presenter at RTP, which is the Portuguese uh, television network, since 2000, and she's hosted a number of well-known shows, including the Portuguese National Selection for Eurovision, which is called the Festival da Cansu, which basically means something like Festival of Music or Festival of Song, I think that means in English. And uh, she's done that seven times, as well as the after-show things. She's been hosting a lot of those kind of stuff. Then you've got Daniela Rua, who is a Portuguese-American-born actress and is best known for playing the part of Kenzie Bly in NCIS Los Angeles. Oh, uh, my God. I wonder why she looked familiar. Because <laughs> my wife loves NCIS. <laughs> So, yeah, so you've got uh, an American-born Portuguese actress as one of the hosts for Eurovision this year. Well, we're making inroads. <laughs> we're taking over, man, I'm telling you. And then finally, you've got Katarina Furtado, and she's been a presenter on Portuguese television since the 1990s. Her breakthrough came as the presenter of a weekly music chart show called Top 
Plus, which was also on RTP. Lately, she has been the host of The Voice in Portugal, as well as also presenting the Portuguese National Selection Show for Eurovision. So there's quite a wide range. I mean, there's people that are involved with the music industry. There's an, an actress, so she's, she's probably used to doing award shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's the first time there's been four people, though. I, I know they, they in the past they've had three but they've never done four people hosting a show before. So I'm assuming you've got probably two up on stage and two in the, you know, the bit, the kind of the green room bit where they're all waving their flags and, and mm-hmm. what. Oh, yeah. <laughs> probably out there asking questions and stuff, and they're probably too drunk to um, answer any questions. But Because uh... <laughs> <laughs> my wife will watch Eurovision with me. I'm not going to tell her that Daniela Rua is going to be on there. I want to see if she recognizes her. <laughs> I know that face from somewhere, yeah. 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 So I'm looking at the page on Eurovision about this, like, I know her, but I just kept skimming through. And then you mentioned NCIS. I was like, wait, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> now, the BBC have made some changes to their presenter lineup for 2018 with Rylan Clark Neal joining Scott Mills for the semi finals on, on BBC Four. And of course, Graham Norton will return for the grand finale on uh, BBC One, while Ken Bruce will continue his long running coverage over on Radio Two. Mel Godrich will be changing her role this year. Instead of commentating, she will be the BBC Eurovision spokesperson delivering the result of the UK jury vote live from London. Graham Norton said about the event, Eurovision is without doubt one of my favourite nights of the year. Hugely entertaining, wildly unpredictable and often very funny. (laughs) He's not wrong there. There are some funny moments on there. I don't think they're intentionally funny, but it's kind of the lost in translation thing. It's uh, it can be funny in that way. Uh, obviously, you've got uh, Ryland Clark Neal involved with it this year, and he's getting very excited about it. He says, as a massive fan of Eurovision, I've already cracked out my Union Jack Spice Girl jacket, and I'm packed <laughs> and primed and ready to take on Lisbon. <laughs> nice. Mel Godrich said, I'm over the moon to be representing the UK as their spokesperson for the contest this year, but I'm gutted to be missing out on the semi-finals this year. But I'm super excited to be announcing the UK's televote result live from London on the big night. And then that's followed by Ken Bruce, the Radio 2 commentator, who said, I'm delighted to be fronting my 31st Eurovision for BBC Radio 2. Yike. And look forward to presenting my radio coverage from a sun-drenched Portuguese cabana. But it's more like to be two square feet of airless garden shed. But that's showbiz for you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, for the third consecutive year, Eurovision will be broadcast in the US. Mm Mm-hmm. Brought to you by Logo, uh, which is the Viacom uh, network owned, don't they, I think? Yeah. Yep. And they will be carrying the grand final, which will run commercial free on both coasts on May the 12th at 3 p.m. Eastern and 12 p.m. Pacific. Mm -hmm. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race judge Ross Matthews is back to co-host, but this time he is joined by popular Drag Race contestant Shangela, who replaces the 2017 co-host Michelle Visage. The 2018 grand final competition and its winner's ceremony will be streamed live and exclusively for uh, US viewers on the website the YouTube channel and on their uh, mobile app. As long as we're on that topic we got the numbers for last year 
Yeah. And from what they have, a total of 64,000 viewers in the U.S. That's not a whole heck of a lot. At, at least we know that millions have at least been exposed to it because of Stephen Colbert. Yeah. <laughs> so there are lots of Americans who know about it. 64,000 isn't great, but you know, that's okay. I do want to give some cheers and jeers, though. Well, I remember the, the first year when when Logo had it. Logo is it's a gay and lesbian channel. Um, but we know the stereotypes that there are. <laughs> yeah. And the first year, uh, the one presenter notched that stereotype up to 12 to the point where it actually got a little bit distracting. And they also had this tendency of talking over the songs, which to me, that drives me absolutely batty. Even when they do it on the radio, the, those DJs who have to try to talk right up to where the lyrics start drives me nuts. I'm like, nothing is so critical that you have to do that. And I guess a number of people complained the same way that I did because last year they just did their stuff and they said flat out from the beginning, we will not be talking during the songs. They wouldn't make that exclamation if it was just me complaining. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, Graham Norton, he'll talk during the introductions, and you know those little clips that they have before? Sure, the, sure, the, sure. The, the pointless little bits, which are kind of tourist information things, really. It's, yeah. it's Yeah, yeah. Oh, look how beautiful our country is kind of thing. Graham will talk over those bits. <laughs> right. But as soon as the music starts, that's it. He won't talk any further. Right. Definite cheers to Logo. It was wonderful to watch last year. And granted, 64,000 isn't a lot. It still could put a stress on any kind of network when you get to get that many simultaneous connections or whatever. Mm -hmm. for, the bo for both years, the stream has been fine. Yeah, Maybe a blip here and there, but that's it. Otherwise, the stream has been solid. So definite cheers to Logo for last year's presentation. It was it was wonderful to watch i do have jeers however now i don't know if this is logo or if this is eurovision it's one of the two but logo only shows the final but for some reason americans were blocked from the semifinals as well even though no one was showing them over here that's a bit strange that's it, i don't know if logo said we want exclusive rights to the whole thing and then just said well we're not going to bother to show the semifinals but hey eurovision you still have to honor our agreement or if I don't, I don't know i don't know where it is but the simple fact of the matter is if it wasn't broadcast over here it shouldn't have been blocked so that ticked me off because there was no reason for it mm. so I, I even gave them both a little bit of a, a shout out on twitter earlier I mean, earlier this month, like, so are Americans going to get blocked from the semifinals again this year, too? Of course, no response, but, you know, <laughs> that was dumb. I would understand if Logo was showing both the final and the semifinal. Mm. Okay, fine, I get it. But to say, well, we're not going to show the semifinal, but you can't watch it anyway. Really? That's a jerk move, guys, to whoever did it, whoever's responsible for it. So hopefully that won't be the case this year. We'll see. Yeah, there's ways around that anyway, but they... Well, yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't have to be. If the BBC was like it used to be, where you just had the two BBC channels, we might not have been watching the semifinals either, because it is a long show. I mean, it's, what, two hours, I think, for each semifinal, and then you've got the main show as well, and that's a lot of space to take up out of your, your scheduling. Oh, well, so. isn't it? That's fine. That's why I understand if Logo didn't show that. But then don't restrict us from watching it. Yeah. Now, the 1974 Eurovision winners, ABBA, have made a surprising announcement. They have 
reunited in studio to record two new songs. And somehow Trump is going to take credit for that too. (laughs) The announcement appeared on the official ABBA website and Instagram profile, which read, All four of us felt that after some 35 years, it could be fun to join forces again and go into the recording studio. So we did. And it was like time had stood still and that we'd only been away for a short holiday. And it was an extremely joyful experience. It resulted in two new songs and one of them, I Still Have Faith in You, will be performed by our digital selves or avatars. Oh, that's <laughs> awful. In a TV special <laughs> produced by NBC and the BBC aimed for broadcasting in December. We may have come of age, but the song is new and it feels good. And this was on the 27th of April, so it wasn't that long ago. So, yeah, they're, they're doing this digital self version of them performing oh. on NBC and the BBC. See, and here I thought you were going to tell me that they're going to be playing at Eurovision just like Justin Timberlake did last year. Oh, wouldn't you? Can you imagine the crowd if Abba oh, turned man. up? That would be the <laughs> ultimate coup. That would be nuts. The, the whole planet would go absolutely berserk, I think, <laughs> if, if, if that happens. <laughs> Hey, you never know. You never know. Never they, know. They, they might have kept that secret. It might happen because they haven't announced what's happening at halftime yet. So, oh, now, um, since the last song contest, we have lost people very dear to the Eurovision community. Firstly, Katie Boyle died on the 20th of March, aged 91. Now, for people not in the know, on behalf of the BBC, welcome to the eighth annual Eurovision Song Contest. Katie Boyle was born in Tuscany, Italy in 1926, moved to Britain in 1946 and originally began her career as a model before she started acting in the 1950s. She began her television career in that same period as a continuity announcer for the BBC and was also known as a writer, radio announcer, game show panellist and animal rights activist. Katie Boyle was most known for her contribution to the Eurovision Song Contest. She hosted the contest a record four times, in 1960, 1963, 1968 and 1974. When the Eurovision Song Contest was held in Birmingham in 1998, Katie returned to the contest as a special guest of the BBC. And I'm delighted. She's able to be with us here tonight, Katie Boyle. On Tuesday, the 20th of March in 2018, she died peacefully at home. On behalf of the entire Eurovision community, we wish to extend our deepest condolences to Katie Boyle's loved ones. Secondly, and no means lastly, we lost the first ever winner of Eurovision, Lise Assia. She died on March the 24th, age 94. Describing Lise Assia as the Grande Dame of Eurovision, or the First Lady of Eurovision, the song contest organisers said in a statement, the whole Eurovision family sends our condolences to Lise's loved ones. As well as her 1956 triumph, Lise also represented Switzerland in 1957, and then again in 58, where she finished second with a song called Giorgio. Remarkably, at the age of 87, she decided it was time to return as a contestant, but unsuccessfully attempted to represent Switzerland in 2012 and 2013. But when you've got a voice like that, it's it's just amazing to hear. They did a, a special event in 2015 in London, which w- went out throughout the uh, the EBU. 
celebrating 60 years of Eurovision and she was there and she still looked quite sprightly then. So, yeah, it's a big shame to lose someone who was there right at the start. And as a mark of respect to both of these wonderful women, I thought it would be nice to play out this section with a song that Lise Assia performed back in 1956. It's called Refrain. doing man oh sir i'm listening to the garbage pod it's a podcast i found in the potosphere welcome back to our annual eurovision edition of tgp extra so it's time to find out how we did with our predictions for 2017 and being the european in this transatlantic podcast i kind of let the side down a little bit with the 2016 Uh, predictions excuse me brexit Brexit. Still European, though. Just not in the EU. Because in the 2016 contest, John beat me 902 points to 714. So, um, yeah, i got a lot to make up for there. Before we carry on, I just need to go over the rules. John and I picked two songs from the first semi-final, plus an honorary mention. Two songs from the second semi-final plus another mention and one song from the big six that's including the host nation plus an honorary mention so then we added up the scores for any of the songs that we picked that made it through to the grand final for 2017 we decided to include our honorary mentions in our scoring because we're rubbish at picking songs and that the fact that <laughs> eurovision can be very unpredictable <laughs> But in fairness, the honorable mentions were only half points. This is true. So that's, you know, something. So um, I'm hoping that all made sense. (laughs) I think that worked. That's how I would have described it. So we're good. So let's start with the semi-final one. 
I chose Moldova, Poland, and Romania as my honourable mention, and John had Albania and Slovenia. All three of Moldova, Romania, and Poland went through. Now the second semi-final. I had Netherlands, Australia, and Switzerland as an honourable mention. Now, at this time, we didn't actually say which honourable mentions we could have. We've, we've now limited it to one per semi-final, mm-hmm. but we didn't do that last year. So you had all, you also had the Netherlands, Macedonia, and Austria and Belarus as your honourable mentions. <laughs> Netherlands, Australia, and Belarus qualified now at this stage i have seven countries going through to the grand final and john has five that's including my big six choice of spain and an honorable mention of the uk and your big six choice of italy with an honorable mention of the ukraine so let's go through the actual scoring in third place was moldova with 374 points. In sixth place was Italy with 334 points. In seventh place was Romania with 282 points. In 11th place was the Netherlands with 150 points. In 15th place was the UK with 111 points. 16th was Austria with 93 points. 17th was Belarus with 83 points in 22nd place was poland with 64 points and in 24th place was ukraine with 36 points and lastly there in 26th place was spain with five points you, you say it that way but it doesn't matter all five of your main choices made it through <laughs> this two is... of mine made it through <laughs> i don't want to hear it <laughs> so this ended up with our total scoring of i had 883 points and john had 591 points so we are now one apiece yep so uh it'll be interesting interesting to see how we do for 2018 yeah well one thing that we also did which now in retrospect kind of worked out in your favor is i gave you the list of my songs and then you didn't want to repeat them so you chose others and look at the score difference i did you a favor well i i didn't it's, it's not that i just didn't want to be influenced at all i i wanted us to be completely separate it doesn't matter which way it goes i mean there was a couple of bits there i mean we both went for Netherlands actually we've both gone for Netherlands over the last two years the Netherlands have been really good over the last couple of years 2016 we had a lot of the same ones yeah but there were some really good tracks in 2016 so we've changed it up it's just going to be we choose the countries we want and it's not even necessarily the ones that we think will win as much as like the ones that we kind of hope will win at least that's the way I choose mine yeah yeah. so we're we're doing it from that perspective that we're not like gambling like all right. so which one of these is going to be the top because unfortunately Unfortunately, we are both in agreement that the one that is most likely going to be the winner this year is a song that we do not like. And I'll leave it at that. (laughs) So, (laughs) and this year we're just going to be, whatever songs we want, we're just going to pick them. And even if we choose some of the same ones, we're just going to let the score go for what it is. This is very true. So when we come back, it'll be the moment of truth with what we're actually going to pick for this year. We are presenting an exciting big change in the voting procedure of the Eurovision Song Contest. This is how it works. 
First, each national professional jury will award 1 to 8, 10 and 12 points to their favourites. In the grand final, these points will be announced by the spokespersons from all participating countries in the usual way. Based on the televoting, each country will award a second set of 1 to 8, 10 and 12 points to the 10 songs they like most. The televoting points from all countries will be combined and announced by the host, starting with the country receiving the fewest points from the public. And ending with the country that received the highest number of points from the televoting. So the winner will only be known at the very end of the show. In the semi-finals, the same voting system will be used, but only 10 qualifiers will be announced as usual. After the grand final, you can find the individual jury votes and televoting rankings on our website, eurovision.tv. So, John. Yes. Are you ready for this? Wait, if I got to keep up my initial persona, well, sure, partner, bring it on. <laughs> well, did, did we match any of them? Just out of curiosity before we start. Yeah, we did. We did? Okay, fair yeah, enough. We did, yeah. Okay, let's go with my first semi-final choice. When I saw your eyes, boy, you're just like a movie black and white. You made me go straight out of my mind. I swear that I, I will remember roses and horses in the rain. Make it forever. So that was uh, Franca from Croatia. I was selecting that one because I could imagine Alicia Keys singing it. Yeah, that's got some serious R&B to it. Yeah. Now, Franca was uh, a member of the St. Andrea Church Choir in her hometown of Rayback, and she studied piano and plays both piano and guitar, not at the same time, I may add. Um <laughs> Besides singing, Franca has a big passion for travelling and foreign languages, and she studied music, performance and songwriting at the uh, Berkeley School of Music in Boston. She is currently studying law at the University of Zagreb. Uh, she rose to fame in her native country when she won Showtime in 2007, which is a, a show that's very similar to Pop Idol. She competed in the Croatian National Selection of Eurovision in 2009, and 2010 without any success but in December 2009 she won the Croatian version of Dancing with the Stars uh, with her dance partner Istvan Varga in 2011 she featured on DJ Eric Dessler's tracks On Fire and Run where she enjoyed success outside of Croatia. After a break from music she came back at the end of 2017 and wrote the lyrics for this song Crazy for her Eurovision entry. What are your thoughts on that, John, apart from you saying that it's very R&B sounding? That was one of those that as I was listening to all the songs, I was like, oh, that's actually, that's not bad. You know, and I just, I don't, not bad is to say that, you know, doesn't mean, I don't mean that derogatorily, but you know, it, it, it set itself apart from the other songs. Although, you know, there were actually a lot of R&B influenced songs this year. I have noticed that. 
And I there think, were like five or six of them. I think a couple of them were in my choices as well, actually, to be okay. honest. That was a good one. I didn't, I didn't mind that one at all. So let's go with your first choice, John. I'll play it in, and then if you tell us a little bit about it. All righty. So that was, and I hope I'm pronouncing this properly, ISIL from Azerbaijan. That was Cross My Heart. There was just something about that song that it just stood out. It differentiated itself. Very upbeat, very positive. But even then, just this, the melody and so forth, it, it just stood out to me. I mean, there are a lot of songs that are like that, that hold Euro dance pop in, in every Eurovision. There was just something about that one. I don't know what it was, but it, I, I just really liked it. I really latched onto that one. I will admit that the lyrics, I, those are not necessarily words I would have chosen. Uh, so I'm sorry, I'm an IT guy. When I hear firewall, yeah, I'm thinking network intrusion prevention. <laughs> <laughs> not quite the same thing. And, you know, solid like a cannonball, uh, that sounds kind of forced just to make the rhyme. But still, I was able to overlook that just because the rest of it just had a lot of appeal to me. As you say, very upbeat and easy to listen to as well. As there's some some of the songs out there that are very difficult to listen to, but yeah, that's it was yeah. really easy. A lot of them just they kind of sound alike, and this one did set itself apart a little bit. So your first song though that was in contender for that one too, but eventually I just decided to choose this one. So anyway, she was born into a family of musicians. Actually, she's been performing music most of her life. Uh, she even studied from the Azerbaijan State Conservatory in Baku. So she's released a number of singles, uh, and has been she's been performing in Azerbaijan, Russia, Georgia, Turkey, Ukraine, and a bunch of other countries. So clearly music is part of her blood, and just the, the way that she performed on that song, I think that's definitely evident. Yeah, that's for sure. It's my second choice now. So that was Zibs from Switzerland with a song called Stones, which I can kind of relate to this song because I looked into it a bit and it's it's all about bullying and things. Mm -hmm. And um, so I can relate to this in many, many respects. Not saying I was a bully, I was on the receiving end, not the other way around. Right. <laughs> It's, it's quite a powerful song in that respect, and the video is quite powerful as well. Uh, so that's basically two songs that you've chosen that have a heavy R&B influence. I'm sensing a pattern here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Some of the better ones this year have had an R&B feel to it, I must admit. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Stones was written and produced by Zibs, which is basically a kind of a urban way of saying siblings. Uh, it's a brother and sister. The brother and sisters are uh, Coco and Steve Geffler, who wrote with a Canadian hit songwriter called Laurel Barker. They are quite an amazing Coco graduated from the London Lane Theatre Art School and toured with shows like We Will Rock You and supported well-known artists uh, with her unmistakably husky voice. Stee has already won the Swiss Drumming Championship several times by the age of 12. <laughs> and founded his own rock band. They joined forces as Zibs and filmed five seasons of their own reality TV show, worked with a range of artists, including Brian May and Donna Summer. These are not small names. These are big names no. they were working with. Wow. <laughs> it is an amazing career they've had. And, um, yeah, no wonder they have been chosen to represent their country. So it's your next one, John. Well, play it up. That voice. Yes. Holy cow. Got a vocal range, that's for sure. <laughs> and, and again, that just set her completely apart from anybody else in the semifinal. Her name is, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, after all, I'm an American, Elena Nechayeva, and she's from Estonia. The song is called La Forza. So she graduated from the Estonian Academy of Music and Theater in 2016, where she studied <gasps> classical singing. Oh, Big surprise cool. there. <laughs> but when she was a kid, she actually dreamed of being an astronaut. Wow. But yeah, clearly this is the <laughs> she, she's got one of the most powerful vocal instruments in pretty much anybody in this year's Eurovision, yeah. at least when it comes to the performance of the songs, obviously. I mean, people don't realize that Pat Benatar was also an operatic singer when she first got started. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. She's got like a three and a half octave range. Yeah, that, that's, that's nuts. But, uh, I mean, she also loves animation. She loves Disney princesses. Uh, she loves the uh, Japanese anime, especially of Hayao Miyazaki. Anyone who knows animation knows that name. But, of course, classical music fan. She loves Mozart and so forth. I mean, th- that song, I really don't expect it to win, to be quite honest. But... I just was blown away by that voice. Uh, yeah, it's, an, uh, it's an impressive voice, that's for sure. I mean, I, I know uh, operatic stuff isn't my my cup of tea, but yeah, I, I'm impressed with her vocal range. That is for sure. I'm not a big opera fan. I can't listen to an entire opera, but there are several arias that I recognize. But that's about the limit of it. She sets herself apart so much from the rest of the songs on the list, and I was just 
totally struck by that voice, figured, you know what? I'm going to go for that. I must admit, as about as far as I go with operatic stuff is the diva from The Fifth Element. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Here's our crossover with TGP Nominal, folks. <laughs> yeah, that was actually Sarah Brightman who actually sung that, by the way. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Right. Now, now, my next one is obviously my honorable mention. And uh, yes, there is a little bit of a, a pattern forming here <laughs> okay now wait 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 wait. okay so i've got those two that you chose marked distinctly as r&b because i wrote down exactly what kinds of songs they were so i wouldn't forget we didn't match on this one did we no we didn't okay all right well go for it your turn <laughs> okay lord i'm gonna get so hot tonight Gonna let the floodgates open wide. I'm in open water. This what I need. Though I try to get you off of my mind. And I get no sleep. I'm in too deep. I can't let you leave. So that was uh, Caesar Sampson from Austria. That is just soulful in many respects. It's very yeah. gospel. I don't know if you know of an artist called Rag and Bone Man. Yes, I do, actually. Th that came across as that kind of sound. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. And I thought, this is so gospel. It's It's got so much soul in it and it's, it's a beautiful track it, it's very difficult to try and get the essence of the song some of these songs in the small amount that i'm i'm trying to put into the show mm -hmm. uh, and it's very difficult sometimes but i think i think i just about made it there now caesar sampson and the eurovision song contest have already proven a success story he's a member of the synthonics international which is part of a vienna-based producers group that led bulgaria to their historic fourth and second places in the eurovision song contest in 2016 and 17 respectively in december 2017 austria's broadcaster orf revealed that caesar would be representing the country in the 2018 song contest the writers of the music and lyrics of the songs are sebastian arman caesar himself hochim person johan alkanas and borislav malanov they've achieved significant success and acquired great experiences with a number of Eurovision entries. Over the years, they've worked together as well as separately for artists such as Kelly Clarkson, John Lennon, John, not John Lennon, John Legend, <laughs> Lady Gaga. <laughs> the, the, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Jonas Brothers, Mary J. Blige, Selena Gomez, and Armin Van Buren. Uh, just a name, but a few. But there's a few massive names there that they've worked with. So for him to actually come out and do one for Eurovision himself is is quite a big step. Yeah, and he's he's got the voice for soul music too. Yeah, he's got that that baritone kind of not baritone, but like low tenor register. Yeah, 
that that really just fits. It's that kind of voice that says, I've been there, I've done that, and this is my experience. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of blues in there, if you know what I mean, in his voice. You can, you know, yeah. th- th- that deep voice says the blues. And um, he, he has done that kind of stuff. He's, he's got a whole range of different styles that he's done. And I think this, this gospel sound that he's achieved for this track is just really good. So now it's your honourable mention. Yes. Lie me, oh baby, come a little closer. Lie to me, lie to me, oh baby, lean upon my shoulder. Lie to me, get down on my body, love me like it was always meant to be. Now you love somebody new, I always knew. So come and give it to me. yeah so that one was uh michaelis joseph i'm again hoping i'm pronouncing it properly uh from the czech republic the song is lie to me that song was a mix of a bunch of like the bass line said soul and Mm r&b or actually i guess closer to funk the bass line said funk but then you get that muted trumpet in there, which just brought out 1920s Chicago. Yeah, there's a bit of jazz in there, yeah. Yeah, so it's a really interesting mix. Um, I mean, if I have any complaint about that song, is I wish that that muted trumpet was more than just two measures repeated over and over again. But I thought it was such a cool mix of the way that they had it. And it's definitely memorable, definitely stood out from the, from the rest, just because of that, you know, the, the, the jazz part to it you and i seem to be linking on those sorts of uh like american genres there (laughs) (laughs) it's a good track it's it's a memorable track i think it'll get some people moving in the in the arena that's for sure i think so so uh he's a composer producer singer multi-instrumentalist and he directs music videos as well he grew up in prague but his like the other one the family was uh a bunch of musicians. He's been playing guitar since he was five. I mean, music is definitely part of his his blood. He actually won the highest meritorious award from the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts. It's the gold medal with distinction for solo acting, but yet he keeps doing the music career, and clearly he's got the talent if he can do all of that other stuff. Now, Mikolas Joseph was sent into hospital after his first rehearsal yesterday. Oh! Uh, the Czech artist hurt his back when one of his acrobatic jumps during his rehearsal went wrong. Uh, during the first run-through of his rehearsal, uh, Michaelis Joseph stopped the proceedings because he felt that the platform he and his backing singers were standing on was unsafe. He seemed Ooh. very determined when he said, stop, safety first. Ironically enough, this did not stop him from hurting his back later on that afternoon. He was sent to a second hospital today for further checkups and he posted a statement on Instagram saying that I can confirm that I got injured during the rehearsal and the situation got worse after several hours. I can't, I can't even walk at the moment. Um, I've just got back from the first hospital and I'm now heading to another one for a uh, for a checkup. Uh, thanks for all your messages and prayers, and we are doing all the best we can to get me up on my feet soon. I will perform Oof. no matter what. Because of him going into hospital, the Czech delegation cancelled their first press conference. There was, however, a small meeting between the head of the delegation and the press. The checkup at the hospital was just 
Just a precautionary. We expect Mikolas to be fine again next week. No need for plan B just yet. Okay, that's good. And yeah, he's right. He can absolutely sing regardless. I mean, he, he might not be able to dance around and stuff, but he can sing. So right. even if he's on a chair or whatever, he can still do what he can. Best wishes to him for a speedy recovery. Definitely. So I guess that's it for uh, semi-final one, isn't it? Yeah, so we move swiftly on to semi-final two. Now, on semi-final two and onwards, I think we might have some pairings. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised on this one. Okay, so let's go with my first choice for semi-final two, uh, which is this one here. <laughs> So that's Alexander Ryback from Norway with That's How You Write a Song. Now, as soon as I heard that he was in a competition, I needed to hear the track to see what he came up with because he became a household name across Europe after winning Eurovision in 2009 with a song called Fairy Tale, and that was phenomenal across Europe. And it still gets played on the radio across Europe today. In fact, I think my other half has got it on her phone. So, <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as I heard he was in the competition, I thought, what can he do that compares with Fairy Tale? Because that is a beautiful track. And yeah, he's done something really, really special with this because it, it, it reminds me in 2016, there was a couple of these funky kind of tracks and it kind of came across a little bit like that but he, he adds his um his signature violin because he's a, a violinist and mm -hmm. he he had to add that into the track as well and it is it is a really nice track yeah that that definitely has a a funk and disco vibe to it that i really liked as well so that this one is my honorable mention for this round so yeah I, i'm not surprised that this is one that we chose the the only thing that killed it for me and it, this is sad but I've always hated songs where they break the flow of the music to either speak or do something like that where they're teaching you something. Mm -hmm. Drives me nuts. Like, um, I love Grease. Sandy drives me nuts because of that part where John Travolta just starts speaking. It breaks the flow of the song. <laughs> um, the name game from, what is that, 1960s, mm -hmm. where all of a sudden they stop to teach you how to do the name game. It's just like, no, stop. Stop that! And unfortunately, he did that. He did that in this song. It's like ah, that he's stopping do. the flow of the music to teach people. Ah, <laughs> it's petty, I know, but that's what <laughs> knocked it down to my honorable mention. 
Right. It's just, what can I say? He he hit a pet peeve of mine. But otherwise, <laughs> that is a really good song. He is a very good artist. I mean, I've heard some of his other stuff. Um, you know, after after winning Eurovision in 2009, I sort of went back and I had to listen to some of his other stuff. And he's really good. See, that was the year before I started listening to Eurovision. So uh, I need to go back and listen to that then, mm-hmm. see what else he's got. And I think he's he's going into writing songs for Eurovision for other artists as well. So now is your first choice for semi-final two. That was the one song that made my jaw drop. It's awesome. Absolutely isn't it? drop. It's, it's got a feel of a bit of John Bon Jovi's in there. There's a bit of Kid Rock in there. There's so many different things in that one song. Are you kidding? Dude, that is 100% Nashville country rock. Well, I'm there, thinking John Bon Jovi when he was doing Blaze of Glory and that kind of thing. So well, was, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, no. This this was definitely, well, as they do call it, outlaw country music. Mm-hmm. 100%. I was just blown away. Because, okay, so the guy's name is Waylon. That's what he goes by. And, of course, his idol was the late Waylon Jennings. I guess his real name is William, and I... God, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing this. William Bukirk? I don't know. I'm sorry. Terrible with non-English <laughs> names. When he was 18 years old, he actually got a call from Waylon Jennings say, hey, come and work with me in Nashville. And he did. So he actually studied and, and made music with Waylon Jennings until, until he died in 2001. Mm-hmm. I mean, that song is just 100% Nashville. He even had the Southern twang in there. Yeah. So if I didn't know he was from the Netherlands, I never, ever, ever would have guessed. He completely took the soul of Nashville country rock, and he he just embodies it. Fantastic song. And one thing I will say is this was my second choice. (laughs) That that I'm not surprised by. (laughs) And one thing I am very surprised by, that he became the first Dutch artist to be signed to the Motown label. Yes. I I just couldn't get my head around that one. But all you have to do is hear that song and you understand why. Mm. You know, Motown, obviously, it does more than just, you know, uh, the soul music that they were known for back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, so there there are a lot of labels out there that do country music. There are some country but, artists on their books. Yeah. I've, I've sure. But that. That, that song just completely blew me away by how much he completely embodied Nashville country rock. It, it it was amazing. I don't expect it to do too well, but I don't care. I love it anyway. I'm not too sure because they've, uh, he's already been in Eurovision in 2014 with him and uh, Elise Delange uh, formed a band called the, the Common Lynettes. 
And really, uh, they, I remember that. they came second in 2014. Are you? Wow, I have to go back because I don't remember that at all. Um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that was in Copenhagen, and they sold over a half a million copies of their album worldwide wow. in that year. It is an amazing track, and it's going to be a busy year for him because from the end of April onwards, uh, apart from Eurovision, he is doing uh, a tour uh, across Europe uh, called, nice. called the World Can Wait Tour. <laughs> okay. And an album of the same name is also being released at the same time. So, <laughs> yeah, he's going to be very busy. Cool. And I mean, is, is country really that popular over there? In certain parts of Europe, yeah. Huh. In Romania, uh, country is, is quite popular. Really? Yeah. Interesting. My sister-in-law is from Romania. I'm going to have to ask her about that next time I see her. Because uh, some of the people I know from Romania, they're forever playing country. And uh, I'm like, well, I don't get this. Why? Wow. It doesn't seem right to me. Uh, uh, Their the musical culture in, in Romania, they've got a very broad and eclectic taste. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of always figured... Country was more or less a Yankee thing. Well, Canada tries to take some credit for that too, but uh, I always figured it was more more of a an American thing. Very, I was kind of surprised when that Star Radio that I listened to over in Cambridge, mm-hmm. they actually I think it's well, I think it's Sunday nights they have a three hour block dedicated to country. Mm-hmm. I heard that I was like, wow, really? Uh, I just uh, never expected that. Australia is very. Uh... The, their music is very country influenced as well, especially huh. if you actually, if you live in the more outback places. So yeah. okay, hey, you learn something new. And see, for me, this choice was nearly a coin toss between this and the Hungarian entry AWS with their track called Vizsla no- uh, yes. Naya, uh, which actually means summer's end. Now, my reason for choose, choosing Waylon over do- AWS was firstly, I keep humming it. And <laughs> I thought AWS was maybe a little bit too hard for the Eurovision audience. That was definitely closer to metal. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that's, there've been a couple of, I think it was Macedonia did the same kind of thing last year. It seems like the past few years, there's always one country that does something closer to hard rock or heavy metal. They never seem to do well. Apart from um, Lordy in 2006 with their hard rock hallelujah, which was awesome. Finland, you got to check them out. It's something you need to see rather than hear, to be honest with you. Okay. <laughs> now, I also found an English version of the AWS track, and the lyrics basically translated is "Life isn't worth living," and the end of summer represents being depressed, uh, which is not exactly Eurovision material. No, no, not at all. And it's certainly not the kind of material we choose. So uh, that's the reason I went for Wayland instead. So 
now it's time for your second choice because we've already played my second choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> and I guess we get to skip my honourable mention because that was your first choice. Yeah. So it's a bit confusing on on that on that score. But I, so. I'm actually so you didn't choose this one either. No, I didn't. Really, I'm kind of surprised by that. Don't you think it's just a waste of time when we're always fighting over material trivial things in this life? Yeah, I don't understand why we don't get eaten right. So that's uh, Jessica Malboy from Australia with We Got Love. That song to me, if that came out in 19, you know, the 1980s with the MTV era, that would have been a hit. That song to me just screams 1980s pop. I can also it, hear Taylor Swift singing that. Uh, don't know that I agree with that, but okay. <laughs> 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 that song just I really latched onto that one just because like I said put that back on the MTV era uh, like late 80s and I think that would have been a huge hit it just had that vibe and had that feel to it and you know just upbeat and positive so yeah that that I just immediately took onto that one so she is actually one of Australia's most famous artists her mother is from two indigenous tribes but I mean she's been doing music since since 2006 when she was a 16-year-old on Australian Idol. And since then, she's released five top 10 albums, 15 top 20 singles, and four platinum albums. She's toured with Beyonce, Ricky Martin, Snoop Dogg. Uh, she's performed for Barack Obama, Oprah Winfrey, Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's obviously been doing music for a long time and for a lot of different people. Uh, she also recently was part of the closing ceremony for the commonwealth games the entire closing ceremony apart from the uh, indigenous stuff was made up solely of female artists it was a celebration of female artists and she was one of the ones that was selected to be part of the closing ceremony okay so then i guess we're on to your honorable mention yeah, my honourable mention. Uh, You're chuckling. Let me guess. It's one of the R&B songs. Eh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Feels like I'm stuck here in time while I've been trying to forget ya. Forget ya. Uh, just wanna
That was Benjamin Ingrosso from Sweden with uh, Dance You Off. Straight away, I heard it and thought, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, now, he's, he's born in uh, Stockholm and has a strong tie to his Italian heritage. And it didn't take long for him to find his feet in the world of entertainment. He's a self-trained pianist and a guitarist and has spent wow. the early days of his childhood crafting his ear and eye for songmanship. It served him well. By the age of nine, he had already penned his first gold certified hit. Wow. Nine? <laughs> Nine. Benjamin is one of Sweden's most popular male pop artists with over 25 million Spotify streams and reaching uh, one times platinum and three times gold with his singles. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> definitely. I and mean, that's wow. <laughs> what were you doing when you were nine years old? <laughs> I definitely wasn't writing gold, gold songs, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, Benjamin's Dance You Off does exactly what the title suggests, a three-minute groove-heavy workout that turns a foot tap into a somersault by the first chorus. That, that bass line was definitely heavy R&B and soul to it. Yeah, it's, it's aimed towards the US market. The album that this is based around was written with somebody called uh, Fernando Garibay, who wrote for Lady Gaga, uh, Amiga... Oh who wrote for Jason Derulo and uh, Andrew Dawson, who's written for Kanye West. Wow. So uh, it sounds like it could be a good album. <laughs> he made that song directed towards U.S. audiences? Yeah. I am curious on how a song could be made for a U.S. audience. How are our tastes so different? Um, it's very different, actually. In the 90s, uh, when R&B tracks came out in the 90s, when you had people like um, L.A. Reid and Babyface producing for people and stuff like that, it was uh -huh. more R&B orientated for the American audience, more electronic dance related for the European market. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Exactly the same song, just a different arrangement. Right. So it would have been your honourable mention, but we've already played that once, which yep. is Alexander Ryback. So we now go on to the big six. This will interest you, because <laughs> this is my big six choice. If it's not England, I'll be very disappointed in you. Oh dear. <laughs> I was born from one love of two hearts. We were three kids and a loving mom. You made this place home. So that was okay. Michael, well, that's going to make this a lot easier. Michael Schult uh, from Germany, and that was your choice as well. <laughs> yes, it was. He's been regarded as the German Ed Sheeran. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see that. 
He's had 2.5 million monthly streams on Spotify, over 2 million YouTube views, and ARD, the TV network in Germany, nominated as one of the six artists to take part in the German heat to decide who was going to be in the competition this year for Germany. And apparently he locked himself away in the studio for an entire month in January and came up with 10 songs to choose from. Holy cow. <laughs> wow. And and this is the one they chose. Now, the reason why I, I this was another coin toss moment for me, to be honest with it. It was going to be either this or the UK entry. Um, <laughs> but when I heard this and heard the story behind it, uh, I was moved. And I okay, had... and now I was wondering about that. What is the story behind it? Because I know what I got out of it from the lyrics, but I'm not. If if you know the actual story behind it, I I need to know that. His dad died when he was very young. That is exactly what I thought it was. Yeah, and that's why I linked into it as well because that's what happened to me. Is to, that, that 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 happened to me too. Mm-hmm. So it's quite it's quite a moving song, and um, that's what turned me to actually go for this song over the UK entry. Yeah, I, I listened to that a few times and I wasn't, I, I didn't shed any tears. I was on that path because yes, I, my, my dad died when I was 10. Yeah, he was, he was 14 when he, when he lost his dad. So, yeah. yep. So I, I can associate with that. That's what I thought it was about. Okay. So you can probably guess what my honorary. <laughs> oh God! Is. Did we choose the same ones? We did. We did. <laughs> well, in, okay. In, in fairness, for this, I'm not really surprised because we do have the same kind of musical tastes, and there are only six peak. You know, there are still, you know, only six songs to choose from here. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised, really, that we both chose the same on this. So let's play it in and uh, go from there. Hey, hey mother, am I making you proud or could I do better? Hey, hey father, there's weight on my shoulders but it's not over. I still have faith, I still believe in chasing rainbows. Storms don't last forever. Now, that was Surrey for United Kingdom, and I normally jokingly say that I'm contractually obliged to actually uh, <laughs> to do this. No, in fairness, that's a good song. It is It is a good song, uh, although it wasn't the one I voted for <laughs> for the UK Eurovision selection. But it is a good track. She gets her name, it's a combination of uh, her actual proper name. So her name is Susanna Marie, so that's where you get Surrey. 
from. She's a classically trained musician and graduated from the Royal Academy of Music in London. Oh, uh, nice. She, she recently made the Associate of the Royal Academy of Music, which is an honour that is awarded to former students for their significant contribution to the music profession. And it says here that she's been influenced by the likes of Tori Amos, Billy Joel and Alicia Keys, although I think she has a resemblance and sounds a bit like Annie Lennox. Yes, yes, you noticed that too. <laughs> now, her first uh, LP, Something to Begin With, was a culmination of a, a writing and a recording process that took Suri from London to Greece via Australia, New York, Sweden, LA, and Borneo. So, yeah, she's toured all over the place producing this album. Pretty impressive to, to be able mm -hmm. to do that kind of stuff. It is a strong contender, I think. I think the, the audiences in the, re the arena will, will like it. I don't think it will win, but I think it will go quite high up the score table. We didn't do too badly last year. and You didn't do too badly last year. Uh, we, as, oh, you're talking about, as, you're talking as, about as the UK. Country, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it's going to be similar again this year, I think. As I said to you earlier, the UK are starting to take Eurovisions seriously. There was a spell around about 2012, 2013, where they thought that by wheeling out older artists who were established themselves, it's a guaranteed hit. It doesn't work like that. No. Basically, these artists actually took album tracks and released them as Eurovision songs, and they didn't do well at all. The audiences out there saw through that. I mean, 2012 and 2013. In 2012, we had Engelbert Humperdinck. Yeah, no. 2013, no. we had Bonnie Tyler. Mm-mm. I mean... There's a lot of the audiences out there for Eurovision probably don't even know who these people are. No, probably not. So, yeah, we, we are now starting to pull it back and say, look, do we want to win this or not? Getting some really good artists out there. I, I think out of the, I think there were five, maybe six that we had to choose from this year. And probably three out of them were really outstanding. And, uh, and, and Suri was one of them. So as a country, <laughs> we can only hope, but I think, I think she'll do well with that. Yeah. I, I was just curious, uh, while you were talking, I was looking up some of the, uh, the demographics that they determined for the audience. 43% apparently of the audience was between 16 and 24 years old. If I'm reading that correctly. Mm-hmm. They're not going to know who the hell Bonnie Tyler and Engelbert Humperdinck are. They might as well brought back those Russian grandmas again. You know, it's it's <laughs> yeah. It was a, it's just a joke. You you can tell sometimes when a country has got a representation for Eurovision and they don't want to win it. You can tell. I mean, one year Ireland had this. It was a puppet. It was a turkey. And I'm thinking, uh, yeah, Ireland do not want to win that this year. <laughs> what? Yeah, that doesn't make... Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we know what the demographics should be going for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Engelbert Humperdinck ain't it. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so, yeah, we've, we've learned a lesson, a drastic lesson. I mean, what, one, one year we should have done better than we did. Uh, I think it was 2011. We had uh, a, a boy band called Blue, and they were huge over here. And um, they, they hadn't done anything for a couple of years, and they thought, right, we're going to do a song for Eurovision. And it was really good. It was called um, I Can, I Will. It's like falling down, drops of pain hit the 
really good song and it should have done better than it did and i think because we've been churning out this stuff that nobody recognized people mm-hmm. weren't voting for us and i think they're starting to vote for us again because we're starting to bring out tracks that can be believed in this year's is definitely a good entry mm-hmm. so john final thoughts what's going to be interesting there are ones out there as we're not going to mention because we don't <laughs> like them but um you know, we, there's the, no reason why we can't just call it out. Uh, well, we're, we're, we're talking about the Israeli track, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 not for us. Let's no. just say that. But there you go. Yes, we are not the target market for that song. Yes, that's very <laughs> true. And and I'll tell you another thing that I was I've been let down this year by uh, Montenegro. Um, oh, yeah, it was more of an orchestral ballad. It was a, a very bland ballad this year from them. Yeah. And in the past, they usually go way out of the box. The last couple of years, they did a, a very heavy rock one last year. The mm-hmm. year before, they did a song that sounded very, uh, I would say, 90s Duran Duran. And the year before that, they did dubstep. So I'm thinking, I was thinking, what are they going to produce this year that's going to be completely out there? And then they come out with this bland ballad. I was very disappointed in them. If they'd have brought out one of their out there tracks, it would have been one of my honorary mentions. There's a couple of what I call folky kind of tunes Mm -hmm. out there. You expect them at Eurovision. Uh, They don't necessarily translate very well. But then last year's one was kind of folky from the the Portuguese entry that actually won it. And I think they did it because it was so stripped down and very raw the, the guy was kind of singing with his heart on his sleeve mm-hmm. and uh, i think that's what won it for them so it doesn't necessarily have to be powerful sometimes it can be just yeah. themselves and sometimes that's all it takes a facebook friend of mine who unfortunately died a few years ago who introduced me to this he was from uh gibraltar i think but he lived over in colorado and he introduced me to this, and that was 2010's, which was uh, Lena. I went everywhere for you. I even did my hair for you. I bought new underwear, they blue, and I wore them just the other day. Love, you know, I fight for you. I left on the porch light for you. Whether you are sweet or cool, I'm going to love you either way. And that really adorable yet weird combination of a German and a Cockney accent. (laughs) It was upbeat and fun. And so, yeah, you you never know what's going to win. That's it. I mean, there has been some really, really weird stuff over the years. And then the ones that really stick with you are the ones that have that hook line that will keep you there. And it's just Belgium. What's the pressure? (laughs) Yeah. What's the pressure? That was a good one. I will still 
play that. That song comes on on my car CD. That's one of the three that I keep. I will hit repeat on that one over and over and over again. We always say, well, we jokingly say, we have watched the Eurovision Song Contest in the UK to see how many countries hate us. (laughs) How many give you one or two points? Yeah, and we we kind of expect it from countries like Malta to give us quite high marks. Oh yeah, you can always tell which countries are neighbours and and people that have we've done favours for in the past and things, and it's like, oh yeah, okay. You'll get Graham Norton getting quite irate and saying, "Look, we've helped you out, guys. Why don't you help us out? We gave you eight <laughs> points or nine <laughs> points. Why did you give us two? <laughs> it's quite funny listening to Graham when he gets on a bit of a rant when he's when he's a trip. I love him. <laughs> But it's fun. That's the whole that's the whole idea of Eurovision. It's yep. meant to be fun. Over here, we do have Eurovision parties. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, I know people that try and get different food in from all the different countries that are taking part. That's a cool idea, though. And uh, I've even gotten my some of my extended family members interested in this, too. <laughs> because, I mean, just from doing this and from me talking about it on Facebook and so forth, last year, I think, my... Uh, my niece and her husband and family and so forth, they were up here on the day of the Eurovision final. Mm-hmm. All of us were watching it. And they're just like, oh, we don't miss Eurovision at all anymore. It's like, okay. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialize in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Hopefully, Eurovision is going to be good fun this year. We'll see how we go. And um, you're going to have to wait another year, I'm afraid, to find out how we actually did. <laughs> so Unless you really want to keep scoring your own. It's not like we've really got anything on this one. As I say, it's a transatlantic show. And we are getting to <laughs> recognise each other's taste when yeah. it comes to music <laughs> now. Uh, and, and it's kind of, as you can see from this show in particular, that it's kind of sinking together. <laughs> yeah, you know. I think between us, we probably made the right choices. I think so. Yeah. And, and let's face it, if we, we, we have songs that are going to be the same, so that makes those ones that were, uh, that were different on a little bit more of a nail-biter. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> right. I yes. I think it's about time we should wrap things up. Sure. So once again, John, it's a pleasure having you on board. Thank you for having me, sir. Putting up with me for more than just TGP nominal. <laughs> I know you enjoy this part. This is fun. And uh, don't get too drunk out there. And <laughs> uh, we'll speak to you again real soon. Y'all have a good time with Eurovision. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Extra. Be sure to visit thegarbagepod.weebly.com for the show notes for this or any other episode. Just look for the relevant tab on the menu. Let us know what you think of the show. Send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com. Because your input 
is our output. Or you can use the social media icons at the top of the page that include Twitter and Facebook. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. Don't forget to rate and review us. You can find links on all our podcast pages. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. TGP Extra is a Spamhead production.